need you today. We need the anointing, the empowering of your spirit. Thank you for every, every life, every person here, every person listening today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Amen. I, I want to just go on record to say this is maybe the, the most powerful Christmas music set that we've had. And I, I don't know about you, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worship team. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and I want you to go uh, to Luke, Luke, the first chapter, and we're going to start at the 67th verse, Luke 1 and 67. As you're looking there, we're going to go down, and if you will, I wanted, I ran across this and ministered a message out of Luke 1 Wednesday night. But what caught my attention was uh, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, whenever he prophesied. It's just, it's just a powerful thing. So if you'll allow me just a little bit of leadway today, I want to start the Christmas story here with Luke 1 and 67. And we're going to go down to Luke 2 and 18. 2 and 18. So we're going to start here in Luke 1 and 67. And this is... After the birth of John the Baptist, uh, and here his father, Zacharias, is, is prophesying. It says, now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us. In the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies. Can somebody say amen? amen. And from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercies promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies, there it is again, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him in all the days of his life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way, to give knowledge of the salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercies of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide your feet into the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert to the days of his manifestation to Israel. Chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor, governing Syria. So all went to register everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. 
So it was that while they were there, the days of her completion for her completed for her delivery. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were the same night in the country, same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped swaddling clothes lying in a manger and suddenly there was the with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven the shepherds said to one another let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they were widely known. They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Wow. The greatest event all of the history of humanity right there encapsulated in those verses the fact that there was a redeemer that would come the Christ the anointed the king of kings and the lord of lords the king in which all heaven and earth would bow things under the earth things in the earth and things above the earth There's no question in the heavenlies that he is the king of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. There is no other God but him. He is the only way to salvation. He's the only way to the Father. The Bible tells us that he measures the waters of the earth in the cup of his hand. He measures out the heavens in the span of his hand. That earth is his footstool, and he rules from the circle of the earth, and heaven is his throne. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords in which we speak of. But this great, almighty God, this King of kings, did not come and was born in a castle with armies round about. And there was no great plot proclamation given by the heralds of the earth, but instead he came into a humble dwelling place. He was there as there was no room for them because of the taxation and the registration. All of the citizens were making their way to their tribe or their city of lineage. And here David, or here Joseph is, and he makes his way to Bethlehem because he is of the house of David. And as he's there, People had made their way into the city before them. There was no room to receive them. Some speculate. They don't know for sure. Was he in the stables under the house? We don't know. That could have been a possibility. 
Was he out in the barn next to the house or next to the inn or wherever it was that they were trying to get into? Or he could have been out into a cave. But what we do know is that Mary and Joseph had to find a place because now her water has broken and delivery is about to take place. And so they made their way into the area where they kept the livestock. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would be born among the Creator, would be born among His created beings. And now, not in, a, not in a nursery, in a castle, but now He is out there with the bang of all the the bang of the neighing of all of the animals gathered around. And here is the babe Jesus born into those humble existence. But heaven knows who he is. Though there wasn't an earthly herald that would cry and bring proclamation of the of the of the the king, the emperor, the, the, the God of all creation, but heaven took the responsibility to bring forth their own herald, their own one that would come and he would, they would declare the angels stood before the shepherds that were near, I believe, to the manger in which Jesus lay. And they began to proclaim, I'm bringing you something. It's good news. Oh, it's great news, folks. Peace on earth. You didn't have it before. You had similitudes of peace. You have moments of peace. There might have been a, a, a reign or two of a king in Israel that did not have war, but that's not the peace fully that God was speaking of. It was peace not just in the natural, but it was a peace in the heart of man, a peace between God and earth, a peace between the Father and humanity. You can lay your head down now in peace. Let me say to you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ you have an opportunity to get to know Jesus Christ as he surrendered all for you you could surrender all for him and you can lay your head down in peace you could discover him but there's two things that two verses that stood out to me in this story two two passages here that that caught my attention in fact it was the shepherds that the Lord appeared first to and said, I want you to go back and you're going to find a manger, a manger, a feeding trough, and you're going to find that there is a babe that was born who is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one that will come and cleanse all humanity of their sins. You're going to find him. He's going to be in that feeding trough. Don't look in the house. He's going to be in the barn. Don't look in an inn or, a, or the holiday inn. He's going to be out there in a cave somewhere. And this is how you will recognize him. He will be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And he'll be laying in that manger. And the Bible tells us that once Christ was born, once Jesus was born, that Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Now, it's amazing to me as we see that the practice still exists now in Mary's day, they would take long strips of linen cloth and they would, they would bind the limbs and they would put together. Uh, they would bind the baby up. After coming out of the womb, they, it was a transition time for, uh, for the child, for the new, newborn babies. I have two granddaughters that, that 
swaddled and they still sleep in swaddling sacks and it, it helps to keep them from climbing over the crib and running into the kitchen. <laughs> but you know, mothers, you know that you still today we use swaddling to bring security to that child in that transition time, but also to keep them from, the little hands keep them from scratching themselves and it, it helps to fight against any kind of crib death to keep that child secure. She wrapped the Savior. She swaddled the Savior in swaddling clothes. As we look at that, what we see is that she wanted him to rest. What's amazing to me, and just like the song that somewhat inspired this and conversations I had with Andrea and then, then looking at the text of Scripture, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? When she swaddled, did she know that she was wrapping up and swaddling the creator of all creation? When she laid him in the city of Bethlehem, when she laid him in the feeding trough, did she know that she was laying down the bread of life? Did she know whenever she was there, Mary, as she was wrapping to bring security, did she know she was securing our eternal security? Did she know when she wrapped the hands, that those hands one day would reach over and touch blinded eyes and those eyes would open? Did she know or foresee that day when she was wrapping the hands up and the limbs that one day Christ would walk into Nain and as he's walking into Nain, there would be a mother, a widow bearing her only son as being carried out to the burial place and it would be Jesus that would walk by without any, any fanfare or paparazzi. He would simply lay his hand on that day body and speak and that child would get up did she know that day what she had in her arms did she know that when she wrapped the feet that those feet would one day walk up on water walk through walls walk through through the grave walk back into glory did she know that day as she was there but more importantly folks do we not know that when God the Father sent his son, Jesus Christ, as she was there trying to ensure the rest of her child, did she know that she was there wrapping and swaddling our eternal rest? Did she know when she put him down that she was laying perfect peace down in that manger? Can you not see today? Father, give us an image of Christ Jesus. Give us an image of who you are. Did she know that when she held him, she was holding the fullness of the joy of the Lord? The fullness of God bodily was in Christ Jesus. 
No greater gift could ever be given from earth's side or even from heaven, but then Jesus Christ came and he, our deliverer, our savior, our God, our king was laid in a humble manger. You and I are here today and we are gathered to worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords because he did what we could never do. He gave himself a ransom for you and I. Oh, I believe, folks, if we, as the church of Jesus Christ, would fall deeply and madly in love with Jesus, we're going to see a transformation like we can't even fathom. But see, until we understand by revelation of the Spirit of God who He is and what He's done, we're going to take the world's cues and we're going to listen to narratives that are not true about Jesus. We're going to listen to the voices in our head that say everything bad that happened to you is because God is angry with you. We're going to listen to stories in our own heart, and our own mind, and we're going to see the self-destruction take place in and around us until we come to the understanding. Like Andrea was sharing just moments ago, God is good. God is good. God is good. And let me tell you, the call of God is, the, is, a, is a journey of a, of, of a thousand surrenders, the arresting of a million fears, but the discovery of a good, good God. And if we don't have the image of a good God, then we don't understand the good news. And until my bad news really becomes bad, I'm not going to understand how good the good news is. When God gave us Jesus Christ, He gave us everything. She was holding the deliverer. Simeon in the, in the temple and said, he's going to bring the, the remission of sins. In fact, he's going to pierce your own heart. He's going he's to pierce your own heart. You're going you're to be convicted by the son that you raised. She laid him down. She laid down our forgiveness. When she held him, she held truth in her arms. When she nursed him, she, she nursed the word of God. She protected the deliverer of all humanity. She would be the one that would teach him how to walk, how to talk, how to say his first words. Think about it, moms. Jesus Christ came and he's every bit God, but he's every bit human. He had to learn to walk. And learn to talk. She would teach the all-knowing. Pretty interesting, isn't it? She would protect the protector of us all. She would kiss the lips that would speak, and storms would be halted. Dead would raise again. Lives would be transformed. She would be the one that would keep safe our Savior. When she cleaned him, you know what babies have to be cleaned. You understand that. 
I'm sure that the Lord Jesus never stunk. But he was a babe. And I've yet to see a babe that didn't stink now and again. You know the stink I'm talking about. Somebody one day, we walked by the nurse and said, oh no, I think my daughter had, a, had an accident. I just have a, a knowing about these things. When these things happen, I said, so do we. <laughs> we can smell it. But she would clean the one that has cleansed everyone of their sins. Moms, can you see the babe? Dads, can you see? Can you see the child? We understand today that God is a God of mercy. She wrapped him with this linen cloth. She secured him that day told the shepherds you're going to find him could it have been reminiscent of the fact that there would be another day where there would be linen cloths that she would use to wrap her son again but it would not be at his birth but at his death we see that when the magi had come sometime later in pursuit of Christ Jesus that they brought with them three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold was to speak of his kingship. What a worthy gift for a king. Give him the gold. But we also see the frankincense, which represents intercession. And once Christ uh, had risen, where is, he, where is he at now? He is at the right hand of the Father, evermore to make intercession before you and I. Let me tell you, we should love the one who loves us. We should uh, call out to the one who calls our name before the throne of grace. We should pray to the one who is praying for us because he is an awesome and he's an almighty God. And let me tell you, if you serve or see in your mind's eye a God that hates you, despises you, rejects you, marginalizes you, then you're not listening to what the word of the Lord is telling you because there's a God who so loves you that he gave his son for you. But that myrrh was used as an anointing for the time of burial. So the Magi, whether they realized or not, they brought these precious gifts and they set them before Joseph and Mary in some time after his birth. Now the Bible tells us that Joseph of Arimathea had a, a tomb, a borrowed tomb for Jesus, a, an empty tomb for Jesus. In other words, there wasn't any other bodies that had been laid inside of this sculpture, inside of this tomb. It's probably a good thing because if you take absolute life and put absolute life uh, into the place of the dead, when he comes alive, probably every bone and every body, everything in there is going to come alive. So he's now, Jesus has come to a borrowed womb and he will be laid in a borrowed tomb. But we see that Joseph, and Arimathea, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, uh, two secret disciples, uh, 
They were the ones, the Bible tells us, that wrapped him in linen. But historians would say, traditionally, it would have been the family that received the body, did the washing and the cleansing. And it was more than just a two-man job. The women would have attended. So I speculate that there would have been Mary there as part of the Jewish tradition. She would have been one of the ones that participated in the wrapping of her son's body for burial what a day of sorrow and grief to see the brutality he suffered I ran across a verse that I want to share with you and this is the passion translation in Hebrews as we talk about God the deliverer and God the truth and God the provider and God the savior and God the comforter and the God of peace and the God of rest and the God of mercy and the God of goodness and the God of counsel and the God of might and the God of authority and the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the almighty God and Emmanuel God with us and we talk about him all of his attributes and all of his treasures and everything that heaven could ever hold was inside of him. And God said, I refuse to live without your son. I refuse to live without your daughter. I'm going to give you my son because I know what you cannot do. You cannot get back to me without a blood sacrifice. But I'll make this covenant with you. I will give a will and testament for you. I, the God of heaven, declare to all of humanity, I am the benefactor. You are the beneficiary of this will that I will write. And Hebrews tells us that a person's last will and testament can only take effect after one has been proven to have died. Otherwise, The will cannot be in force while the person who made it still lives. Why did Jesus have to have a public execution? So that it would be proven that he died. What caught my attention when I read this verse is everything that I mentioned to you and listed there. All the imagery in the Word of God, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, not just to be on us, but to be in us. A covenant not based upon our goodness nor our works, but a covenant that was be based upon His indwelling Spirit inside of us. And the only way that that will could be enforced and all the benefits to be afforded and given to you and I is the benefactor who made the covenant had to die. He had to die. All of my goods in this world, if Andrew and I were to go tomorrow, or to be divided up equally and given to my children. My grandchildren. My sons-in-laws. They're going to they're divide those things up. 
they don't get it until I go. If they ask for something, need it, I'll give it to them. But I need my house right now because I've got to have a place to live. I need my car right now because I've got I to have some transportation. I've got to have the money so I can feed. You hear what I'm saying? And I promise you, even if they jokingly say no, they're not ready for mom and dad to check out just yet. They would say, I'd rather have them than have the stuff. But one day we will part this earth. And everything that we have, if they're still here, will now belong to them. That's the way a wheel works. But in order for Jesus to give me peace, he had to die. In order for Jesus to me salvation he had to sacrifice in order for me to have anything from my father his son had to die so I ask you this question is that a God who sounds like he's apt to stomp you out at a moment's notice? Does that sound like a God who holds grudges against you? Does that sound like a, a, a God that is after all of your goodies? No. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely Give us all things. That, folks, is Christmas. That, for you and I, is good news. It's one thing for him to declare, and there's power in his words. He could speak and storms would rest. He could speak and dead would raise. He could, he could speak and eyes would open and ears would open and crippled would get up. And at the very mention of his name, all of hell would tremble. He could cause issues of blood in people that lasted 12 years to dry up in a moment. He is the God of all creation. He could do anything. Anything. But what we see here is that in order for him to live inside of us, he had to die in order to fulfill that covenant to give us all things. And the sad reality is this. There is coming a day sooner than we imagine. There is coming a day Every living being, past, present, will kneel at his throne. And they will spontaneously erupt with the declaration, You are God. You are God. And I feel a sense of urgency. In my spirit, in my heart, that there are those that are living 
under the cloud in the shroud of a lie. And that lie is being spoken to you that God does not care for you, that God is angry with you, that God can't do anything for you. You have to do it all yourself. And everything that has ever happened to you is because of how bad you are. And you're living, some of you in this house today, you're living under such a, a rebellious spirit. You're living rebelliously against God. And you're declaring, I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't want you. I have too much fun. I enjoy the pleasures of my sin. I enjoy the self-destructive behavior that I'm in. I'm enjoying this. Let me tell you, if you will not live for God in this earth today, you will live throughout all of eternity without him and there will be no recourse for you there'll be no pleading for you to call you up out of hell you will be there for all of eternity but today the light is shining there's a reason Jesus was born at night to give further emphasis of the glory of the light coming into the darkness of humanity to declare to you today as a heavenly host good news is here that your enemies are going to run from you that God has come to deliver you out of your sins. For without faith it is impossible to please God. They that come to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. This is a message for those that are out here today that are part of the body of Christ and those that need to be a part of the body of Christ. Without faith, without faith, now let me define to you what faith. Faith is trust, faith is belief, and it is coupled with action. If you say you have faith and you have no action, then you're not living in faith. You say, well, I believe uh, uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let me tell you, even the devils believe and tremble. But there's a trust in him, and that trust causes you to step out of the places uh, that he has delivered you from. You don't stay in the prison once he opens the door. You get up and you start moving out. You start moving in the direction. When Peter was delivered out of the prison, where did he go? He didn't go back to the bar. He didn't stay in the, in the place of, of, of adultery. He didn't stay in the place of perverseness. He didn't stay in that place. No, he got up and he went to church. Don't shout me down now. You will assemble. I could not stand Christians until I became a Christian. I thought they were a bunch of wimps and nerds. I thought they were weak, a little fruity. Now I is one. And I hope to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I found out that Christians are not the weak ones. I was the weak one. I was the one 
thinking I was all cool, living in a spirit of rebellion. What I didn't want to admit is that I was afraid. I was insecure. I was full of self-hatred. I was full of arrogance. I didn't have any trust of anyone because I had no need to. Everybody I ever knew that had authority over me failed me. So why would I trust them? And now I looked to the church and I said, oh, you're full of a bunch of nerds. No offense to the nerds. But then the conviction of the Holy Spirit came on me. And I accepted Jesus as my Lord. And I discovered that there was a life that I hadn't been living. And there was a way that seemed right to me that was leading to death. Until I found the narrow way that leads only to the Father. And I accepted Him. He began to reveal Himself to me over and over and over and over and over and over again. But see, faith will only, true faith, church, true faith. I pray for this nation as much as you do, but true faith, folks, will only attach to Jesus Christ. There will be no other gods before Jesus Christ. None. Faith will only attach to him. Without faith in Jesus Christ, you cannot please the Father. It's impossible. But what does please God is faith in Jesus Christ. It's the only possible way to please the Father. And the Father says here in his word that he will reward, he will give payment, he will give restitution, he will give abundance, he will pour into your life blessing to those who will diligently seek Jesus. Mm. That word diligent there is defined steadily, earnestly interjectively effort in order to take painstaking works in order to accomplish a task. Wow. See, I didn't want to have anything to do with church until I opened my heart to Jesus. He stepped in and I became the church. And then I loved all things pertaining to God. The Bible I had sitting on my shelf that I got when I was a teenager that I never opened up became the most valuable resource to my life. But see, the only way, the only way, in my estimation, my experience, my theology, in the Word of God, the only way to wholly receive all the benefits of Christ is to wholly surrender my life to him. It's not an equitable exchange, but to get all of his goodness, I've got to give him all of me. And what a life to live. Father, thank you for your mercy. My God, for your great grace.
Lord, there's hearts of teenagers you're dealing with today. Better say them one day, one day. One day I'll turn it over. They may not get that one day. There are fathers in this house today that are not ready to meet you. They've made such a wreck of their life, Lord God, that they're about to step off a cliff of total destruction. But you're reaching out, beckoning, calling, wooing, asking them to come in. There are those that are in this house, mothers, They've lost so much. Don't have trust in their heart. They don't know for sure if they can trust you. Lord, there are those that are in this place today, I know it like I know my name, that you're dealing with. Father, I ask for mercy. Lord, I ask for mercy today. Lord, that you would put an earnest, diligent seeker inside of their heart, a hunger for you. Heads bowed and eyes closed today. In fact, let's do it a little different way. Everybody stand. Worship team, make your way up. Just a moment, we're going to have communion. We're going to dismiss. Before we do, I'm going to ask and give an opportunity. I'm going to give an opportunity today. If you're in this house and you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to right now, don't wait on anybody else. I want you to come and I want you to stand in front of me. Jesus Christ is not your Savior. Your whole life is not surrendered to him. It doesn't matter if you're first time, second time, third time. If you're a voting member of this church, it makes no difference. If you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right now these altars are open. The appeal is being made. God's Spirit is reaching out to you. Come right now. Come on. Christians are praying. I promise you there's no greater business in heaven or in earth than the business that needs to be taken care of right now. If you're in this house and you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've reached a moment, you're like, I've got to surrender. I can't keep going on like this. I've got to surrender.